There's something in the way you roll your eyes Takes me back to a better time When I saw everything is good But now you're the only thing that's good Trying to stand up on my own two feet This conversation ain't coming easily And darling, I know what's getting late So what do you say we leave this place? Why we home in the day and the night? I can't be alone with all that's on my mind To say you're staying with me There's something in the way I wanna cry That makes me think we'll make it out alive So come on and show me how we're good I think that we could do some good Well, it's Wacky Wednesday at Trice Talk, and I'm Donald Wayne. <laughs> and I'm Dennis Lee. And I'm about to throw this iPhone out the window. It's going to be history. That sounds expensive, Donald Wayne. I don't care. What is it? I mean, it's just money, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, they're printing more of it. So. I've still got my Obama phone. I'll just use it for these Ooh. shows instead of... Jeez. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I can't... Blackberry? Uh, Blackberry? Uh, what? Yeah. I haven't seen a Blackberry in years. People still have those? They're tasty. Um, oh, no. yeah. Yeah, they, they have those. Hey, uh, Amy, y'all. Hello, everybody. Sorry for the delay. I've actually got, (laughs) hey, surprise, surprise, more equipment issues. Now, this time, my phone, for some reason, and I'm sure it's something I've done today, there I cannot see the volume uh, level on the phone whatsoever. So I have no idea other than just the sound in my headphones what the volume is on what I'm playing. So, well, I have to say it was pretty loud. Well, that's because I have no idea what it is. Mm, so I'm just, geez. you know, what's that idiot's name? Uh, Apple. <laughs> oh, well, I want, uh, he and yeah. I got to have a talk. I mean, well, we can get them on the line if you want, uh, you know, I want my old phone back. It was so much, so much easier, so much less headache than this thing. Howdy, Jess Duck. Hey, Jess. Well, you know, I I tried. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get find where the how I could get the volume uh, back on here where I could tell what the level was, and I just I gave up. So, don't let technology get you, don't I, I, It's time to make an announcement. This will be the last. this will be the last never say never oh my no i won't i won't no 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 um 
but it is Wacky Wednesday, so it fits. Oh, oh I, yeah. I figured out what was wrong last night, why those songs sounded so weird to me, but I'm not going to tell you. But I, I, it, it was a problem that I corrected that one, and now I got this one with the volume tonight. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, Barnum and Bailey and... <laughs> And uh, I just feel like I ought to be playing some songs tonight that are just <laughs> uh, Werewolves of London or Oh, I like that one. That's um, too Hard to Handle. Oh, just, like just says it's been a day. So ultimate wackiness. Bring Every day wackiness. is is a day in our, <laughs> in our uh, well, family, I should it say. True, but, you know. Every day is uh, a day. We hello? need wackiness. Hello, hello. Lane. What? Oh, hello. what? Yes. Hello. It's me. Uh, is it still the full moon? Well, um, uh, well allegedly. I, had on, I had it on good authority that last night there was supposed to be a pink moon. And super pink. Super pink. Super pink. And I ran out there and I took a picture with my phone uh, before the show. I think it was before the show. No, maybe that was Monday night. Yeah, it was Monday night was the pink moon. And it didn't look pink to me over here, so I don't, or super pink. Did you see it? Uh, no. No, I no. was busy working. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, uh, this was 1130 at night, so I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me open this bourbon here. Um, well, and two, I made the mistake of trying to catch a little bit of Joe Biden, uh, reading the teleprompter tonight. And, um, I listened to a little bit of that. I do. Did you see Ted Cruz falling asleep? Yeah. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, (laughs) I swear. I I know that's going to be all over social media. Well, actually they're, they're talking to Ted Cruz now, but I mean, his eyes were closed several times when the camera would pan back to him. Um, well, it almost well, put me to sleep, and I was watching it on TV. So. Oh, there was barely anybody in there. But then, you know, he's got all these miracle things that are going to be put forth this year. And look, I, you know, I hope it happens. He says he's going to cure cancer. So, um, Did he say that? I, well, he said, you know, they've got an initiative to finally – have a cure for cancer. And if they come up with it this year, I'm going to question many, many things. So, well, he will um, not be able to take credit for it because it's not something you did in the last three months, Joe Biden. So, right. Exactly. Um, um, so yeah, but, um, you know, yeah. Jess Duck said, pass that bottle around Donald Blaine. I mean, uh, I may have to finish it off, Jess, I, but Jeez, I would certainly share if, if there were a way to do that. Um, <laughs> remember that movie, Inner, Inner Space? Did you ever see that with Dennis Quaid? And um, I did, yes. <laughs> where he, uh, when he was inside whatever his name's body and, and he Martin would drink. Short. Yeah, he told Martin Short to drink the whiskey and then he would catch some of it, and which... Actually, it kind of grossed me out when when he did what he did. <laughs> he was catching the whiskey as it was coming down through his throat, and I thought, "Oh well, that's not very appetizing." Wow, oh, <laughs> that's love right there. About as appetizing as uh, 
Well, I can't say that. Okay. Please don't. It was it was an episode of Jerry Seinfeld tonight where he was. Well, I won't go there. Okay. Jeez. I just have all, I have all these dead ends that I really <laughs> these these thoughts that I shouldn't finish. <laughs> that you shouldn't finish. Well, Can I, know you, maybe I should just do, mute and let you do this tonight, and I'll if just you feel, if you feel that you shouldn't, you probably should not. <laughs> um, well, it's, I have to figure out a way to to say it properly. Oh well, and I I, I you know struggling with that, but. I have to talk a little bit about this Joe Biden thing. I know it's wacky Wednesday, but oh no, I can't let it go. One because, well, unfortunately, I've got I've got the TV on now, and I it's it's a replay. But you have to look at Kamala Harris. You have to look at Nancy Pelosi behind him, and they were like little, you know, those little uh, puppets that you used to squeeze, squeeze two sticks together, uh. and they would pop up. Well, that's what Nancy um, and Kamala look like. You remember those? No, I'm not real sure about that, Don Wayne. You never saw I never those. Got to, never got to go into those stores. Um, <laughs> you so, squeeze and they would I'm pop up. Sure. Just, I'm not sure. Where you, uh, well, you had where to squeeze something those. and they popped up. I thought oh, it was two goodness. sticks. Oh, boy. But that's what they well, do. I mean, these okay. these people are clapping. If Joe Biden said, you know, my nose itches, here they go again. They're standing up. Um, well, you know, they're paid to do that. I mean, so. it's a it's a love fest. Yes. Um, I mean, and Joe Biden standing up there talking about made in America and, and we're going to buy American and we're going to spend money here first. And, you know, when Donald Trump was talking about that, you know, during his, um, um, was it the... Um, State of the Union, yeah, State of the yes. Union addresses, and that's not what this is touted as being, but it's about the same thing. Uh, they would call him xenophobic, you know, if he talked mm. about America first and buying American. But boy, they Joe Biden says it, and everybody in there that you know, the ones that can stand up are standing up and clapping. Um, well, you know, and then I thought it was interesting when he said, "We the people" means the federal government. Oh, I didn't catch that. I'm, I'm oh, glad I didn't. I about, I about fell out of my damn chair when he said that. And he said it more than once. Like, really? Beating it into everybody's head. Like, you know, we the people. That's you. That's me. That's the government. It's not like, the oh, government. Oh, my You goodness. asshole. It's not the government. <laughs> you, you, you morbid piece of. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. This is supposed to be Wacky Wednesday, Donald. It is wacky. They're wacky. <laughs> Those people are wacky. There she's standing up again. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 I'm, I, I tweeted earlier, I said, it's a good thing that Nancy Pelosi didn't have something she could tear in half this time, you know, the speech that she oh, tore in half of Donald just Trump. Now I know what you're talking about. You push the button, it like pulls a string and it straightens the person up on the little pedestal. Is that what you're talking about, Donald Wayne? Well, something like that. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. vague memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, I think I think that's all along the same line. Push Jeff. push the button and it becomes erect and um, uh, you know. So that's, uh, stands uh, up. Stands that's more up. of a uh, I would say stands up. That would be my verbiage. <laughs> 
That would be the safest hey, bourbon. Look what you walked into. Oh, BP. <laughs> yeah. Please don't talk about planets. <laughs> um, no, I don't care. You you can talk about. Whoa, all of whoa. Them. You, you might want to be, make sure what you're putting out there is car blanche. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, it doesn't seem to stop some people anyway, but. Yes. I um, let's see. I'm not through with Biden yet. Oh, here we go. Let's see. Did you hear him talk about he wants to add four more years of public education to the to the backs of the American taxpayers? Did you see that? Yes. Yes. Two more he years uh, of pre-K. Two years of two years of pre-K and then uh, two years of community college. Yep. Yeah. So let's go ahead and soak all that. Well, it's only money, Donald Wayne. Uh, I mean, the printers are still working, are they not? Um, printers. Uh, the printers. Uh, I yeah. But are there no workhouses? They're just they're looking for they need four more years. They figure if they get four more years of brainwashing our hey, children that, that that they've got it made. Um oh wait, that's a, what? Um oh hey BP. Well, that's breaking news, Eric. Um what? He, he's watching a video that um, that actually what it, what it, what would happen if Earth actually collided with Uranus? Um, oh my God! Uh, well, I hope uh, that we're not that far off track. Well, you throw an asteroid in the middle of that. There's some pain. There's some real pain. Of course, right I guess there. you could. Uh, Uranus could run into the Earth. <laughs> well, it could, or at least circle around it. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to look at that, Eric. I, hey, Victor. I can't. I can't even imagine uh, <laughs> the consequences of. Uh, let's see. Well, Earth is is Uranus. <laughs> is Uranus bigger than the Earth? I don't know. But once you see Dennis Uranus Lee? coming in hard like that on the Earth, it's going to be a sight to behold. I tell you, um, you know, I, I don't know. There's nowhere to run at that point. Nowhere to run. Well, okay. that's interesting, Eric, seeing it's where the placement of Uranus is with the rest of the planets. Um, and have to skip, it have to skip around. Are you looking for ways to inject that into the conversation? <laughs> I, I mean, the placement of Uranus has to. Well, I mean, when you look at the, the planets and, you know, what order they're in, Uranus is I'm gonna, down the line. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm put a jar here next to my microphone. I knew that was coming up. And every time you somebody in here refers to Uranus, I'm going to put money in there. And and I bet we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be able to cure some kind of disease by the end of the year. I'm sure we will. Um, Oh my goodness! Thank you for that uh, update, Eric. Maybe Uranus or something, but oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Was I through with Joe Biden? Y'all, y'all are just trying to get me. We got you. Talk about that. That that guy. Um, I guess the only other thing that I really and I I didn't watch the whole thing. The only other thing I picked on late, and then I had to just turn it off because I couldn't stand anymore. He said that he basically wanted to. Uh, uh, make it easier for unions in this country. They want to make sure that unions have a right to unionize. So oh, yeah. basically they're going to be coming after those, uh, uh, was it well, free, uh, free the 
free to work and it's not called free to work what is it called uh help me out here dennis lee oh hell i don't know you know what i'm talking about right to work right right to work work. states yeah well you know he also said that america was built um by the union so yeah in there as well i i I thought i saw it like uh the middle class was built by the unions wasn't it something like that but yeah i mean yeah they're I'm not knocking unions in general, but I am knocking no. that you, that people have to be, you know, they have to belong to a union to work right. somewhere. Right. Um, it, it's just, that's well, un-American. You got, you got union jobs down here in Georgia too. Uh, Kroger, Kroger is uh, partially union. I, I know don't if think you're a, if you're a meat worker at, uh, if you work in the, uh, as a butcher at the, at a Kroger, you're, you're part of the union. So Do you have to belong really to the sure. union to be a butcher at Kroger? I believe so. I mean, that, I, I mean, I, that was 20, that <laughs> was 30 years ago. So, but oh. at that time you did. Yes. Well, you know, they may have changed it by now. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that, that you, you know, jobs that require being, I mean, the movie industry for a lot of uh, <laughs> things you have to be <laughs> in the union. Well, I'm um, sure they do. but I just, I just don't, you know, I just don't believe that people ought to be forced into it. Uh, but then unions will say, well, if you, we allow people who don't belong to the union to work here alongside us, they get to benefit from the same things that we do. And we have to pay dues. Problem with all that is if you look at the union leaders and, and historically how, how some of these people live, <laughs> it's just, you know, plus it changes the pricing structure. Uh, for for a lot of labor, I don't know, but yeah, he 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 just barely. Of course, he did look kind of lively there for a while tonight. Did he? Know? Yeah, I, I he's I think he. I, I think Nancy's kind of interested in Joe Biden. She's got this well, glaze yeah. over her eyes when she looks at him at the back of well, his head. She did kind of lick her eyebrows once when he was looking <laughs> back at her. I thought I thought that was strange, but like a pterodactyl, who or am something I to like? say? Um, I, I thought it was kind of a skill at the moment, but that's as much credit as I'm going to give her. Oh, okay, well, all right, I won't talk about him anymore. But that that was disturbing disturbing but the the thing of them just all this america first and yay rah 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 usa and then when donald trump did it it was the worst thing in the world use xenophobe kiss my grits so that was kind of my first banter there dennis lee so you americans we got it I mean, really? Just, what? What in the hell was that? What was that? Is that some kind of? Uh... <laughs> I think that's a party that he had at his house during the pandemic when everything was going awry and he couldn't get out there. So, kiss my crits. What kind of show is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, okay. So that was your first banner there, Donald. Yeah, let's, 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 get let's, you, count let's get you cheered up here. Um, I'm so cheery. There's a, a cheery. I'm, I'm cheery. cheery. I'm cheery. Hey, Gunny. Um, so the Daily News, uh, Peter Splendorio has a news story out that a Confederate monument valued, valued at $500,000 disappears for weeks from Alabama in a strange incident. Um, that's a puzzling. Uh, where's the chair? Well, that's a puzzling question. Officials and locals alike were left wondering in March after a chair monument honoring Confederate President Jefferson Davis. I'm surprised it wouldn't burn down. Believed <laughs> to weigh around 500 pounds, disappeared from its plot in Live Oak Cemetery in Selma, Alabama. The chair was recovered on April 9th, all the way in New Orleans. Strange. The United Daughters of the Confederacy, oh my goodness, which the chair belongs to, alerted authorities that the monument was missing on March 20th and tried to raise awareness through an advertisement in a newspaper. I guess it was a rebel flag. Um, <laughs> a group that identified itself as White Lies Matter then claimed to be behind it. Oh, it's getting deeper. America's original sin is that people were kidnapped from their homes and forced to build one of the most prosperous nations in the world without being allowed to participate in it, the group wrote to the media. Um, and then we had to fight a war to end the practice. We decided in the spirit of such ignorance uh, Oh my goodness. Ign <laughs> ignominious traditions. Say that five times. I just real love fast. it when you get those words. Don't you? Well, you know, I'm very appreciative of it. Uh, they decided to kidnap a chair instead. Um, a $500,000 chair, no less. Um, 500000 Yeah. The, the side of the chair's disappearance in Live Oak Cemetery. Three people have been arrested in connection with the vanishing of the chair, which is valued again at $500,000. Before its recovery, the group claiming to have taken the chair shared plans to either turn it into a toilet, might be a big old heavy toilet right there, or return it if its owners agreed to feature a banner with a quote from a member of the Black Liberation Army at the United Daughters of the Confederacy Headquarters. United Daughters of the Confederacy condemned the incident. I guess they would. Um, I hope there is some remnant left of civilization left in this country, said Pat Godwin of the Selma <laughs> chapter. No one has any common sense. The rule of law is gone with the wind. <laughs> no and joke. Frankly, frankly, my dear, who gives a damn? <laughs> so, um, Law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, law. I mean, who wants that? Um, and it has a picture of an empty plot where said chair was uh, $500,000. They need to have that bad boy uh, cemented down. What are they doing just letting it hang out? I mean, geez. Yeah. yeah. So it's all of that. <laughs> <laughs> one, I'm wondering if there even is an organization anymore, Daughters of the Confederacy. Um, I don't know. I don't know that you, you know, person, I, I don't, there's you wouldn't certain promote things it. That, that, right. It's certain things that I question 
even before all this happened, why would you walk around being, you know, proud of, of something like that with the, all the negative history tied to it? But hey, teach them. You know. Well, it is, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the South. That was, yeah. I mean, you know, coming from Texas, I mean, the Civil War wasn't a big thing. And I mean, it wasn't thought of like it was here, you know. Right. Uh, the attitudes. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. The right. attitudes that people in Georgia and Alabama had about the Civil War. We didn't have those in Texas. It was, you know, and uh, when I came here, I didn't realize that people were still fighting the Civil War. Right. Uh, until we came here. So. Right. Like, look, they got them cannons up on Kennesaw Mountain. Uh, they'll fire them. Watch out. Well, yeah. I just. Uh, I did. It's funny that you were talking about that. I did see an article uh, yesterday, an update on uh, Stone Mountain, which is our our big attraction, or was for a long time here in Georgia. I don't know that it's all that big anymore. It's been so much controversy, but um, that land was originally owned, I believe, by the Daughters of the Confederacy or people who belong to that group they bought that land with the mountain on it which i believe is the largest uh granite monolith uh wow. in the east um i don't know if it is in the country or not but anyway they put the confederate thing on the side that the carving and uh, it's a big historical thing here but it's now a big negative thing and i saw in this article yesterday that there are people that are still determined to to uh to blow that thing off the side of the mountain. They want to eliminate that carving altogether. Um, huh. But they, you know, they're proposing a lot of changes to the park, which I, you know, I don't, I don't blame them for some of those things, but I would hate to see the carving go only because of the history, not really the civil war, but just, I mean, it's an, it was an amazing accomplishment what they did with that silly thing. Yeah. Uh, and it used to be private land. And then unfortunately when the state bought it, that changed the whole of course, supposedly, uh, that, that carving is protected, uh, by the state constitution. I believe they, they did something years ago to, to protect the monument from being removed, but that doesn't mean anything today. No. Joe Biden doesn't care about amendments. He said, ah, the, you know, the Second Amendment is not uh, a hard, fast rule. <laughs> it's, it's not written in stone. Uh, so my first thing on the light note to get away from that other stuff. Um, and I just lost it. <laughs> well, here we go. Um, I just... Oh, what is this? All right. So it's from the UPI and it's called uh, the Sky Pool. There's a develop development in London that's preparing to open the world's largest freestanding acrylic swimming pool. Have you seen oh. that, Dennis Lee? I uh, actually did. Yeah, I saw earlier. a picture of it and I'm like, oh, no, there's no way I'd be swimming across there. But it's a pool. Uh, suspended 115 feet above the ground between two buildings. Um, I'm not, I may say later on in the article, but it, it's, it's completely, um, you can see th it's transparent. The bottom of it is. So 
it says that it looks like that you're flying, you know, if you were standing on the ground looking up at people, it looks like they're flying from one building to the other. But uh, Eco World Ballymore said the sky pool connects the 10 stories of the Embassy Garden skyscraper in London uh, to London's Nine Elms neighborhood, whatever that means. The swimming pool designed to be the world's largest freestanding acrylic pool structure was created by architects Arup Associates. Uh, the pool is scheduled to be opened officially in May. It's 82 feet long and stretches from one building to the other with a transparent bottom, allowing swimmers to look all the way down to the ground. So you're 10, um, I guess that's 10 stories. Hmm. Uh, I can't imagine having a transparent bottom. Uh, so you can, you jump in the water. As soon as you jump in the water, you can see the traffic and the people down below you. Um, I just, I don't know. It says, once you swim off, you can look right down. It'll be like flying. Brian Eckersley said the pool is 10 feet deep and contains nearly 415 tons of water. Can you imagine if that thing ever leaks or if it cracks oh. and, and breaks, um, no, thank you. Yeah, that wouldn't be good at all. I just, what did they think of? What, what a waste of money <laughs> for some people to say they swam in a pool where they can see people, you know, uh, 115 feet down below them. I, I don't understand that. That Why, would be wild. I, I would, there's no way I'd ever get anything like that. <laughs> Well, if you do, make sure you let me know. So I want pictures. Right. Well, um, well, you know, um, got an article here that um, America is uh, chicken wing shortage is bad for the planet. Uh, this is an article by Newsweek uh, or in Newsweek by Alex Rahandon. Uh, Rahanda, um, <laughs> America's demand for chicken wings continues to shape the food industry as some restaurant owners find themselves shelling out more than $3 per pound for wings. My goodness. Increased demand for takeout and comfort food put wing consumption on the rise in 2020. The National Chicken Council reported that demand coupled with the biggest day for wing eating Super Bowl Sunday, a devastation from the winter storms in Texas, has shrunken the po popular poultry product to relatively short supply. Now, one of the biggest challenges in the industry is to get the optimum value for the whole chicken produced, Fabian, Fabian Brockotter said, and uh, editor-in-chief of Poultry World magazine. I, I suggest you subscribe to that if you haven't. Uh, told Newsweek, the question is, if you order a bucket with 20 wings, who will eat the rest of those 10 chickens that were needed for your wings? By gosh. The answer, he says, lies in international trade. While Americans are devouring wings, Brock Otter says Europeans pay a premium for the breast, while Chinese markets shows greater demand for the feet. <laughs> I mean, really. Okay. All I'm right. like... <laughs> I'm, I'm like... <laughs> I'd like, I'd like what? In the U, 
in the U.S., Russians prefer dark meat. And in the world's second most populous country of India, people particularly enjoy the lake. The National Chicken Council reports that Americans consume 60% of dark meat produced in the country, with much of the rest going overseas. Of the nations to which the U.S. ships chicken, 60% of them are raised outside North America. This exacerbates the industry problem with its larger-than-chicken-size carbon footprint. I mean... Shipping produces carbon and costs a lot of energy, leaving an environmental print. Zin Jin Lee, an animal science professor at Cornell focused on environmental sustainability, told Newsweek, if you're talking about the environment and carbon neutrality, this is something that has an impact. The United States exports $2.7 billion worth of frozen chickens while Brazil leads all exporters sending out $6.3 billion in product. On the receiving end, China leads all nations with in uh, imports, bringing in $1.97 billion worth of chicken. Saudi Arabia comes in second, bringing in $1.29 billion worth of birds. Shipping chicken requires the meat to be stored in temperature-controlled containers. While food is generally shipped by sea instead of air, saving some emissions, maritime shipping accounts for nearly 3% of all carbon emissions, equal to the output of Germany. While the demand for chickens abroad facilitates the increased carbon footprint of the food industry internationally, it also produces visceral fresh water problems domestically. The demand for U.S. chicken abroad increases production at home, production which Karen Davis, president of United Poultry Concerns, um, said devastates its surrounding environment. In the United States, 8 billion chickens are consumed every year, and American chickens produce nearly 86 million tons of manure a year. Well, they use that manure, don't they? I guess they feed it back to the chicken. Well, no. (laughs) I think they use it in fertilizer and stuff, I believe. Uh, They may. Um, Davis says this manure does not just create toxic environments for chickens, but it also presents major disposal problems. While some can be used for fertilizer, Donald Wayne, much ends up in runoff. According to a report by Environmental Integrity Project, the chicken industry contributes about 12 million pounds of nitrogen to the Chesapeake Bay each year. Today, 82% of the bay is partially or fully impaired by toxic contaminants or chicken shit. The Chesapeake Bay program found in a research project. The environmental issue is very important. Because the plight of the chickens again spills out into the larger environment, Davis told Newsweek. One of the effects of the chicken industry is the destruction of wildlife and wildlife habitat. It just ruins every place it opens for business. So, yeah, I mean, look, it was bound to happen during the pandemic. Everybody's eating up all the wings. Just, well, you know, isn't you know, it a certain time whole... of the year that, that wings are a big deal 
you know, especially football season in this country. Super Bowl, Academy Awards. I don't know. There's probably several things. You know, country music awards for sure. Okay, Uh, now who is it that likes the legs? I mean, not the legs. uh, Oh, uh, uh, the breasts? No, no, no. Or is it the the feet? uh, The feet? Um, It said, uh, let's see, dark, uh, breast, um, the (laughs) leg. Um, Who the hell liked the feet? I thought you um, didn't you say feet? Maybe I. Oh, the, yeah, the, no, the Chinese like the feet. Yeah, they like what, the feet. What? Uh, have you ever eaten a chicken foot? I, I think you use them like a back scratcher. I'm not sure. Um, hey, Bullyong. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, Donald Wayne. I, I don't know what they do with the feet. Um, well, I heard a comedian one time, and it was years ago, but he was talking about pig's feet. Somebody asked him if he ate pig's feet and he says i don't eat anything that something walked on yeah. so um i i, I can't chains, even you know our ear scratcher there can't yeah, be I any mean, meat on it i mean it's it's nothing but muscle and I mean, ugh, I mean, nails really yeah i just i don't know donald wayne i don't know we may have to interview somebody on that um, we need we need to talk to a chicken grower a um, chicken connoisseur. I actually yeah. watched a thing about chickens that made me not want to eat them anymore um, on uh, uh, Netflix. Keychains of work. It got a show called Rotten that's going on now. And be leery what you watch because then that'll take that food off of your list. So. Oh, I was that way with the dirty jobs thing that uh, Mike Rowe used to do. I mean, sometimes he would do do a segment on on some food industry thing is like, I don't know that I can eat that anymore, Mm. but um, it's best that we do not know some of the things that occur to provide us with our essential sustenance. Sustenance. (laughs) All righty then. Okay. Well, I guess that brings us up to uh, Lee's corner and Dennis Lee. Oh, did you? Oh, well, um, I, I guess it does. Don't did you one. see? You did see that, right? Did you, I did. We, I, are we on I, the same page? You better have glaucoma. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> um, like, I do. <laughs> let me throw this out here. Hey, Naomi, Ma. What, me, Ma? Now, Mimo, family matriarch, and well, I'm about time I'm gonna ask you for that damn ring. Oh, Boomer, you little girl, I thought I was never gonna be buried with it on your finger, you little whale. And the funny thing is that Texas people can perfectly understand what exactly they were saying so <laughs> well i must have been away too long because i'm struggling <laughs> <laughs> um, what part of texas are you referring to uh, i know right oh what? oh hold on there boom um so did yeah boom get away from you it did it, it does that sometimes we got a, a couple of qu- a few quick stories here um the first one is off of newsweek a uh by courtney Brogle. A man constructs poop wall between him and neighbor after what? a vicious feud. Oh, oh. Yes, 
Yes, a poop wall. Um, the neighborhood feud stinks in more ways than one. A Michigan man constructed a fence between him, him and his neighbor using unconventional materials to make it clear what he thought of the couple next door. And that was animal waste. Victimized neighbor Wayne Lambarth complained to Fox 2 on Tuesday about the wall of poop, which measures a whopping 250 feet long between the two Lodi Township properties. According to a report from the outlet, the neighborhood feud between Lombarth and his anonymous neighbor began in 2020. Lombarth's grandfather bought the land and divvied the farm property about 100 years ago, but for the last year, he and his neighbor began fighting over dividing the land differently. In a moment of anger, the neighbor decided to build a physical property line between the, the uh, households made entirely of manure. As a farmer, he allegedly had enough access to cow fecal matter to create the large heap. Normally, they spread it on the field, but they decided to make a fence out of it this time, Lombarth told Fox 2. Lombarth does not live on the property full-time, but his tenants, Jaden Schwartzel and <laughs> Cohen Gatto, what? rent the house and are forced to see the smell, to see and smell the neighbor's creation every day. <laughs> They're consistently ruining my morning as I walk out, Schwartzel told WCRZ. It's just a shit pile over there. And uh, watch your mouth, you filthy animal. It's like you can't leave the window open. The whole upstairs will smell like it, Gatto said. Despite frequent complaints about the foul odor and the principle of the retaliatory actions, local law enforcement is unable to force the wall down, as the manure does not cross the legal property that belongs to Lambarth. They did agree with Fox, too, that the poop wall is a disgusting nuisance. The neighbor refused to give his name or comment to the outlet, other than noting what he termed the fixture. It's not a poop wall. It's a compost fence, you idiots. This isn't the only animal waste-based initiative making headlines this week. An Irish county has enacted a new CSI-type policy that tests DNA in abandoned dog feces to hold lazy owners accountable. So go get them, Dano. Um, but yeah, that's that's the shit right there. I tell you, um, I, I think you know, I would have a problem with that. Personally, I would, yeah, I would have a I would have a, a slight problem with that. Uh, now there's there's a couple of these here that are real quick clips. Now this one is um, a clip. There's a story from Inside Edition that hundreds of birds invade a house through a chimney. And take over. Let me get this set up so we can hear it real quick. And you may have seen this on TV already. And roll that footage there, Roscoe. Hundreds of birds swarm a house. Then they do something amazing. They fly right into the chimney. It's an invasion. This fireplace is where the birds made entry into the home. They flew in by the hundreds and left a wave of chaos and destruction. Look there, they're lining the windowsill with wings furiously flapping. They also attach themselves to the ceiling. There were birds coming out of everywhere. It was insane. 
Carrie lives in the home in Torrance, California. She says she called animal control, but was told simply to leave her doors open. But the birds wouldn't budge. And they're just bouncing off your head. Patrick Belleville, <laughs> Carrie's mom's boyfriend. As soon as I walked in the door, I was looking for Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> it really was a lot like Hitchcock's The Birds, where the birds wreak havoc on a California seaside town. They were on the curtains. I just grabbed them two at a time, so I had four. Take them to the door, let them go. It took Patrick three entire days to remove more than 1,500 birds by hand, and they left quite a mess. Up here on the very top, there's still bird droppings there that we couldn't reach. Incredibly, the same thing just happened 100 miles north in Montecito, the same town where Oprah, Prince Harry, and Meghan Markle live. Only a steel grate kept 1,000 birds out of the house. Wildlife biologist and host of TV's Ocean Treks, Jeff Corwin. This is the time when birds from around the world roost, and they roost in the homes where they want to begin their families. They're just taking advantage of what they feel is good structure and away from predators. I'll tell you what, you better make sure that your fireplaces are sealed up. Are you going to get a uh, going to get a load of birds in your living room? Um, I was thinking. Uh, I saw that movie, and then he mentioned or he mentioned the birds. But well, here's uh, here's another one real quick because um, I was like, well, not only one, but two stories about birds back to back in different parts of the world there. And it would help if we had volume. Thank you, Steve. Oh, I was hoping that they were talking on this one. This is out of um, out of Nova Scotia, and it's a it's a neighborhood that is inundated <laughs> with uh, seagulls. I was gonna say I didn't understand that language. Yeah. You hear them, uh, they're, uh, Lord, they're everywhere. It's making me a little nauseous. The feathers and spit and blood and stuff everywhere. It's, it's, a, it's a nasty scene. They've ruined the neighborhood on that one. Um, but I thought it was wild that they had two stories of birds terrorizing, uh, terrorizing houses here lately in the news. So that's interesting. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll round this little corner off with there's a rare 500-pound tiger caught on camera attacking a Chinese villager, and it was captured, finally. Carolyn Tien, uh wrote this story for Newsweek. It says a male Siberian tiger that terrorized the residents of Linhu Village in China's Heilongjiang province <laughs> last week was being captured, according to Reuters. Thank goodness. The tiger will be held for observation for about a month and a half to ensure it displays no signs of serious disease. I don't know what the person was carrying that they attacked. So, I mean, um, on April 23rd, the tiger was spotted resting in an alley by an abandoned house, according to a tweet by the Chinese media outlet, Gingwa uh, Culture and Travel. <laughs> Later that day, it attacked a female field worker, knocking her to the ground before turning tail and charging a witness's car. An apparent cell phone camera footage taken by one of the car's passengers, the tiger races towards the car as the witness begins to drive away, panicking audibly. Um, 
before the footage cuts out, a heavy thump rings out, potentially the tiger hurling its considerable body weight against the side of the vehicle. It scratched up the door and smashed one of the rear windows, the witnesses, Wang Ku, said. Um, it turned in the direction of the two villagers working in the field, Wang recounted, according to Australian Broadcasting Corporation. I shouted at them to run, but the tiger then ran straight in my direction. In two or three seconds, it ran over and pounced on my car, clawing at it with its paws. Um, sounds like an Earl Scheib's job there. Uh, the ambush <laughs> worker was injured in the attack and required surgery, but was reportedly in stable condition as of Monday. By contrast, Wang and her passengers were physically unharmed. Emotionally, um, not so much, but I was terrified and I'm still suffering from heart issues, Wang said. Uh, police and forestry officials subsequently evacuated some of the villagers and launched a hunt for the tiger. Within 15 hours after the animal was first sighted, they had managed to corner it and subdued it with a barrage of tranquilizer darts. Yeah, that's tranquilizer darts. Tranquilizer, um, what is that? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't question these things. According to a YouTube video by the South China Morning Post. The tiger was then transported to Hingadozi Feline Breeding Center, where it will serve out its observation period. Center officials said the tiger was a healthy male, around two or three years of age, and it weighed 225 kilograms. That's uh, 496 pounds for us here in the States. The incident was especially uh, especially notable because <laughs> Siberian, <laughs> Siberian tigers, also known as Amur tigers are some of the rarest big cats on the planet. Only a few hundred are believed to remain in the wild, according to the Worldwide Fund for Nature. They are found primarily in Russia's Far East and on the Chinese-Russian border. So, yeah, you might want to keep your windows up. You see a big cat like that rolling around. It's, uh, it's actually beautiful-looking animal. But, um, yeah, I'm not likely to, to visit that part of the world, but... Uh, no, 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 not very I appreciate the warning. Well, you know, that's what happens. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, listening. Okie dokie. Alrighty then. Well, I'm going to see if you can guess what this segment, the name of this segment is going to be, Dennis Lee. Uh, let me see. see. I actually, I think I fixed my volume switch problem on the phone. Oh, okay. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. If this, I don't even know if this one will. What the heck is that? Well, that one's not going to work. Well, I don't know, Margo. Um, <laughs> you know, that's why this whole thing of trying to use these things like this can be challenging. Yes. Oh, well, I was going to do Biden's come on, man thing. It says that oh. it's got a, a, a bunch of them here. Uh, but the first one I hit, it's he's snoozing. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe he woke up here. <laughs> well, after the restaurant woke up. And how do you get rid of the ads? Uh, you press skip if you have a chance. There's a. Oh. that helps you get rid of them but I really well we i definitely need that one okay 
hospital, and he talks about, we're, this is, oh, don't worry, it's all going to be over soon. Come on. Having a good relationship Trump, with leaders of on, other countries we have is a, lot a good of thing. We have a lot of questions to get yes. to. Not Your like response. saying we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded <laughs> Europe. Oh, well, he's not going to say what I want him to. The heck uh, with him. Uh, he's, he's difficult to deal with. Though, yes, right? he is. I mean, he says it all the time, but he wouldn't say it there. Uh, anyway, the first story on Come On Man is from Huckabee's newsletter. Uh, you know, we heard, what, a month ago that Kamala was going to be in charge of the border, uh, the border crisis, a border situation. So they announced, the White House has announced that Harris is going to visit Guatemala in June. And this is from Huckabee. Well, over a month after being appointed to fix the mess President Biden created at the border, Vice President Kamala Harris has yet to even visit a border state. But yesterday, the White House announced that in June, she would visit uh, Guatemala to look at the root causes of why so many people come from Central America and, and, and want to come to the United States. Before leaving on her trip, I assume she will also plan to reinvent the wheel. That's just Huckabee's humor. Well, I certainly hope she can solve the baffling mystery of why people would rather live in the United States than in Guatemala. Officials in states that are currently dealing with the Biden border blunders aren't buying her excuses for not coming to the actual side of the problem. For instance, one Texas lawmaker blasted her excuse of not coming to Texas because of COVID when she's been jet setting around the country, going to all the different blue states, talking about infrastructure plan and everything else. So, um, yeah, she's going to go to Guatemala and then she's supposed to go to the triangle countries to, uh, try to figure out why so many people want to leave those countries and come to the United States. You mean Bermuda? That's, <laughs> well, I don't, you know, uh, considering their knowledge of geography, it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. But right, right. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're going to make a trip down there to figure out why these people from these poor countries would rather live here than live there. Um, that's going to be a good uh, well, if they use don't know of, that answer already, I don't know. And the only know. thing I can say to that, come on, man. I mean, <laughs> just come on, man. Got to do better than that. All right. So th this next article, come on, man, is uh, something a little bit more to your liking, Dennis Lee. <laughs> well, not not personally, maybe, but you know, I mean, really. It's <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Oh, okay. But along the line of stories that you do sometimes is what I'm what I'm getting at. Mm. Uh, the cannabis industry would like for you to stop using these pot slang words. I bet they would. Uh, <laughs> now it's a cannabis industry that we have to worry about offending. Well, so this is stock market. So uh, I'm sure they are. Uh, th this is from the Huffing Huffington Post. Uh, many ins insiders believe marijuana is a term with racist roots. Imagine that. While others aren't so high on calling it weed. But... Yeah, but, well, no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, the can cannabis industry is fully down with 
Wait a minute. Let me get back to this. Planning on getting some pot to celebrate 420? Hmm. Oh, that's already passed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cannabis industry is fully down with that, but many insiders have a special request. Don't refer to it as marijuana. Although that's been the most popular name of the plant for a century, cannabis insiders, including Daniel Mayata Hayden of extractioneering.com, well, that sounds official, an Oregon-based pot brand, think it mm. should be dumped. Any term applied to cannabis other than cannabis is negligent and abusive behavior that we abhor, Hayden said. The term marijuana is a Mexican slur, although it is tolerated when combined with the word medical for specific purposes, like medical marijuana. The term marijuana originates from Mexican Spanish, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, but it was used by racist politicians who first criminalized cannabis, precisely mm -hmm. because they wanted to underscore that it was a Latino, particularly Mexican vice, and that word, with all of its implications, has become the most common name for cannabis in the United States today. The racism is still present. In 2016, Hispanics were given 77% of federal marijuana sentences, despite making up only 17% of the U.S. population. Um, in 2017, Kenneth Romero Cruz of the National Hispanic Caucus of State Legislators told Huffington Post that anti-Latino reasons are why cannabis was criminalized in the 1930s and that the criminalization had disproportionately affected Latinos and other people of color. People in the modern cannabis industry, such as Catherine Dockery, are shifting away from the M word. Dockery, who works with Vice Ventures, a venture capital firm investing in the industry, said her fund strongly prefers the term cannabis over marijuana, as it doesn't carry the same historical context of racism. She's okay with other slang terms, though. My father, my father calls it reefer, and even now that occasionally still makes me laugh, she told Huffington Post. Adrian Sedlin of California-based Candescent said cannabis just is a better term. Marijuana has a history interlaced with racism. Cannabis is about harmony and acceptance, he told Huffington Post, while admitting he's not a fan of most of the terms that originated before 1990. Weeds can be ugly and destructive, he said. Pot is short for pot, potion de guaya. Hmm. What did you call me? Pot, <laughs> potion oh, de guaya. That's I'm, words. You know, I'm struggling here with this, but an alcoholic beverage that means drink of grief. Really? Pot means drink of grief? However, other cannabis... Did you know that, Dennis Lee? Or what's that? <laughs> that it pot was short for drink of grief? Uh, you know, I don't, look, I don't, I don't read into <laughs> that stuff. I, you know, there's many names for it, but that's not one that was called when I was in high school. However, um, other cannabis insiders, such as Libby Cooper of the California-based Space Coyote, cannabis brand admits that there are some THC terms they just can't quit. 
I will always love calling it weed and will forever refer to it as such in our brand language, Cooper said. I believe that the slang you use for cannabis is a marker for when you were probably in high school and the first exposed to the, I almost said paint, plant. That said, I am pretty partial to the devil's lettuce as well because the devil's it, lettuce, <laughs> the oh devil's lettuce, as Good it is Lord. hilarious. I've never heard that was term. A, there was a band I used to listen to that was called <laughs> Devil's, devil's lettuce. lettuce. I've got an article I'll put on our Facebook page that kind of backs up the racist remarks on there. I can't believe I'm actually reading this stuff. Chris um, Vaughn, CEO of the MJ Cannabis Delivery Service. Now we got a delivery service said that although he favors the term weed and cannabis, he can't deny that some of the old words from the reefer madness era are pretty funny, like jazz cabbage. <laughs> hmm. oh. know, I'm I, not sure. I, that yeah, I another would... band I listened to, or maybe that was an old movie that maybe I that's watched. That's why they did that. He um. offered to Huffington Post, but he wouldn't ever use that himself. There's another word he won't use. <laughs> I don't love the word marijuana anymore, he said. It just feels like a criminalized version of the plant today. Are you mm. serious? April 20th or 420 has become a day of celebration in the cannabis culture. The origin story goes that the term began with a group of California high school students designated 420 p.m. as a time to search for a supposed hidden crop in the 1970s. The 420 shorthand now also refers to getting high on any given day at 4.20 p.m. So mm -hmm. if that's your break time, wherever you work, we know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you know, Lewis takes a break at 4.20 every day, sir, <laughs> and then uh, the vending machine's about half empty thereafter. And so. it's his right to take that break at 4.20? The, the only th really thing that caught my eye about this, and I'd, I'd never heard some of those terms like the uh, – the, the lettuce thing, but uh, the fact that any part of that was racist. I mean, now we, now we've got terms that are racist, even in regarding drugs. Well, it uh, says that uh, 1913 down away rumors of loco weed started to spread across the papers in the U S and stories were fabricated to demonize the Mexicans and black people saying they want to corrupt our white children with this drug that makes them crazy. Um, on this article, I'm like, what? Are, what are you? What are you putting on here? What uh, crazy and violent? I don't know anybody that I've ever met that was high on marijuana that uh, was uh, crazy and violent. Um, you know, <laughs> they may have wanted me to buy them a burger or something, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, crazy and violent. No, no. I've so never heard of a story of anybody, you know, creating a a. a you know, a serious crime, you know, well, you know, they, they uh, in 1913, they also in California of all places, uh, drew up the first bill to ban loco weed as they called <laughs> it, um, back in the day. So, you know, uh, weed pot, Mary Jane, marijuana, bud, catnip, trees, flower, and kush, uh, kush. No what you call it. Yeah. They call it kush. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like that. Uh, uh, what was it? The lettuce? Devil's what? cabbage? Or... <laughs> <laughs> you just created a new one there, Dennis. <laughs> I don't think I said devil's cabbage. but 
Oh, where was that? I lost it now. It was too far up. Um, that's wild. I'm gonna. We we should probably have a segment named one of those, and then see if we get in yeah. trouble. It's all right, Tom. But the devil's devil's lettuce there. I I didn't even know that they you know they were uh, blaming it on Mexicans uh, that, to bringing uh, cannabis into the country and yeah having an yeah. issue. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, they did. Well. <laughs> Yeah, and force that on my child. Oh, uh, right. I mean, yeah, making him go loco and, yeah. and violent and crazy. And um, yeah. June, the beaver's been eating a lot lately. I just, you know, his appetite sure has increased. Oh, now leave him alone, Ward. <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm. So I, I guess uh, they don't want you to call it marijuana anymore. So I guess not. Uh, don't want to offend anybody in this country, geez. right? I'm not, yeah, right. Okay. All right. That's that. Oh, if I had Joe Biden doing his job here, which he's not uh, going to do, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> I would say, come on, man. A, he's not going to do a whole lot of that. So, uh. <laughs> all right. So that's all of it with come on, man, there, Dennis Lee. Well, you know, um, I got a quick little list here of, uh, of you know people who aren't quite you know dog and cat people um you know well but they still want a pet well here's a list of pets that you might think about they want a pet yeah they want to they want to have a a furry companion let's put it that way (laughs) um but not a dog or a cat maybe for allergies or whatnot um oh it's right bp i mean really um, so, you know, one of the things that you might want to get, although don't bring it in my house is a canary, um, canaries um, run about a hundred bucks. Uh, oh, really? One of the most, well, they, they started around there, I guess. Uh, this article says they're the, one of the most popular types of pet bird for more than 500 years. Uh, thanks to both their ease of care and, uh, and among male canaries, they're trademark singing. I didn't know it was only the males that really could hum a tune. Um, canaries live for about 8 to 15 years, and they're relatively inexpensive compared to other pet birds like parrots, the article says. Pet stores will typically sell canaries for about 100 to $150, though breeders will often sell them for uh, cheaper, um, excluding the cost of a cage, toys, what kind of toys do you get for a canary oh, oh, they, oh it says, they, says they get bored okay well I, they like um, mirrors and bells and, for, and, stuff. and then you got to take them to the vet well that's great um expect to pay about a hundred per year for food and miscellaneous supplies huh well i mean that's it's relatively cheap um or maybe you'd like to get a digu um uh eighty dollar diggits uh, which come from Chile and are a type of rodent. Might as well have one of those in the house. Uh, similar to a guinea pig, make surprisingly easy to care for pets when socialized from a young age and adorable jackets. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, you wouldn't make a jacket out of one of those. They're too small. Like a lot There's of them. one catch. They do best in pairs because they're extremely social critters. After buying a multi-level cage, 
from $50 to $150 and some other supplies, you can expect to pay between $60 and $120 per year on food for each digu, um, depending on its appetite. And they didn't expand on being extremely social. So I guess if you just have one, you're going to have to spend a lot of time with it. Um, or you can spend about 20 bucks on butterflies. Uh, they're one of the few pets you can order from Amazon right now, in caterpillar form at least. Put a lotion in the basket. Raising <laughs> butterflies is fairly easy. Though most live, uh, most live butterfly kits only guarantee that several of the uh, five or so caterpillars they send you will actually reach maturity. Uh, the best part about the pet is that most butterfly species don't have a specialized diet. So you can simply feed them a mixture of sugar and water um, and pay less than 30 bucks to raise them. And what do they live? Two days? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've never. I've they don't never live very long. Take like 101 of them to make a cut. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. Now, what's that? I've never seen a coat like that. Every time I touch it, the color changes. Um, and so you can also, if you want to get, you know, that wow factor, you can just get sea monkeys. Um, Twelve. Yes, they still sell them. $12 marketed as the world's only instant pets. A sea monkeys is the brand name for a type of brine shrimp that are sold in novelty kits, usually to children. They make remarkably easy pets. Just pour a packet containing salt, conditioner, and brine shrimp eggs into a tank of water and wait a few days for the little crustaceans to hatch. Uh, after all, you need to do is change the water every once in a while and feed them uh, the growth food that comes with most kits. And, um, you know, when you're tired of dealing with them, you know, just make up a little fried rice and you're good to go. So, um, and then if you want to be like, well, why don't we just go plant-based? You can get a fle a Venus fly trap. Have you ever had one of those Donald Wayne? Um, I think I did at one time. Yeah. Uh, um, it didn't live very long. <clears throat> well, you know, uh, 20 bucks, um, and it qualifies as a pet if it captures and eats animals. Right. Um, so, Venus flytraps are unique in that they have a special mechanism that's able to close rapidly on insects unlucky enough to land on their lobes. Um, I mean, I'd shut real quick if what? that happened to me. Well, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's the the mouth. You're you looking at lobes. a picture? I oh. am, yeah. You can see their lobes glistening. Um, <laughs> the plants aren't too difficult to raise, requiring consistent sunlight and a special type of soil, about $5 for a gallon, and are inexpensive when purchasing them young. That doesn't sound good either. Or, you know, maybe you want to, you know, just be like, hey, I'm going to be different, and get your praying mantis. Um, I love praying mantises. I, I like them too, though, although I wouldn't want one on me. Uh, oh, for about 12 bucks, the praying mantis is great for people who don't want a fuzzy, emotional connection with their pet. Rest assured, this insect, whose females kill and eat males after sex, won't provide that. Still, praying mantises are cool to look at, and it's fun to watch them feed, um, especially on their partners. Speaking of which, <laughs> food is the only catch uh, with this strange pet. Typically, praying mantises eat live insects which can cost about $100 per year. So 
uh, either that or just get them out of the backyard. I mean, come on, let's be creative. Um, yeah, I only see about one a year. One in the fall, I think, is when I usually see them. But well, and then strange. Yeah, they are. They are strange. Um, let's see. You know, there was a horror movie about a, a giant praying mantis. Do you remember that? Did you ever see that one? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Was that the Godzilla series? No, no. It was just. It was. I think it was just called Mantis or something. But it was. A giant praying mantis. Well, and the last one we got on here, there's many more. We'll, we'll close out with this one. Uh, you know, if, if you want something even cheaper, if you're like, look, I don't have, you know, this is all. I've, I've only got 10 bucks to spend on a pet, and that's it. Get a rat. Choosing a rat as a pet might seem like a gamble, but many rat owners say that their furry little rodents are actually cuddly if they're handled often from a young age. Uh, they'll snuggle up with you, you know, um, just 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 hang out with you and be that cuddly little pal that you've been looking for. Rats are also low maintenance. All you need to do is buy a 20-gallon aquarium or similarly sized wire cage for 30 bucks. Some bedding and toys and food, which will only cost you about $40 a year or, uh, you know, um, and, and if you don't want to go buy one, I'm sure there's a neighborhood nearby where you can just pick one up off the street. You know? Oh yeah. That'd so, be safe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want to roll the dice, <laughs> if you've had your shots, <laughs> look, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. Um, but yeah, that's just some ideas. If you want to, uh, get a pet that, um, you know, instead of a dog or a cat, there's some of the options for you. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame you don't like birds. Never have. Never will. <laughs> They're pretty from afar. <laughs> I mean, you know, you traumatized oh, on, my bird, you know, that time when you just wouldn't have anything to do with him. No, just, well, you know, I hated to give it a complex, but I mean, really. I watched what he did to you, and I I'm, I'm just wasn't having it. Uh, <laughs> Not on my watch, buddy. You've had worse done to you in your life. I'm well, I have. I have. I've been de- I've been defiled by things smaller than that. So, um, you know, and larger. <laughs> okay. Um. I know too yeah. much. That's <laughs> unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is it? Oh, yeah. so I guess um where are we here time-wise? All right. My uh I thought I would I think I mentioned it last night. I was going to do some words and phrases that you'll only hear in the south. Now, I don't know if that's actually completely true anymore since you know we're such a mobile society and People move all around the country. You know, a lot of Southerners, because of jobs and things, move up north and out west. But historically, these are things that people in the south only would say. And uh, we get made fun of, you know, when we go other places. Uh, This is from an article in Insider Magazine by Shelby Slower and Frank Olito. Um, 
they go on to say the South is a special place with its own quirks and traditions, but it's especially well known for having a way with words. For instance, down South, madder than a wet hen means being angry. Over yonder is a more poetic way of saying over there. And bless your heart can be both an insult and a way to show empathy. So then they go on and, and to uh, give these phrases or words. The first one is a Southerner will say, hold your horses if things are going too fast. In a Southern home, hold your horses is used when someone is being impatient. In other words, the idiom means wait or hang on a minute. The words originally had a literary meaning, which was used to command horses to slow down. Anybody ever said, hold your horses to you, Dennis Lee? Oh, yes, they have. I bet. <laughs> Till the cows come home is another way to say forever in the South. The phrase means for a long time, forever. According to the dictionary.com, a Southerner could use the idiom like this. You can keep arguing till the cows come home, but I won't change my mind. So I think I've used that one a few times in my life. Um, Southerners address a group with y'all. Y'all is a typical Southern slang that it also has a proper contraction. Uh, you all. Southerners say this word all the time. I actually put it in a lot of emails. Um, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Ever hear, hear anybody say that? I do. I do. And it means that something isn't worth too much. Uh, apparently this expression entered the mainstream at the end of the film Casablanca. I didn't know that. When Humphrey Bogart says to Ingrid Bergman, Ilsa, I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. And I, that may have been the first time that phrase was ever used. Uh, bless your heart. You hear that a lot. Um, it shows sympathy for the most part, but bless your heart has many different meanings in the South. Sometimes it's used as a passive, passive aggressive insult, a nice way for a polite Southerner to tell you that you're wrong. And sometimes it's used as an exclamation. The importance is the tone being used when the word is said or the phrase is said. Yeah. Uh, Southerners are never getting ready to do something. What are they getting ready to do, Dennis Lee? <laughs> um, when they're getting ready to do something? Yeah, Southerners are never they're, just they're, getting they're, ready. They're, fi they're fixing to do something. There you go. They're fixing to do it. <laughs> uh, what, what are you fixing exactly? No, I, I'm fixing to do it. Fixing oh. to is a okay. common phrase, especially in the South Atlantic and Gulf states like Georgia and Florida. I mean, we said it in Texas too, so I don't, I don't know. I think we kind of own that one too. But fixing to is uh, something that some people in the North may not understand. We're fixing to do it. You know what I'm saying on that home? Yeah. If something is far away, Dennis Lee, what, what do people say? Hey, it's over yonder. It's oh, over yeah. yonder. <laughs> over yonder is a phrase that means something's still typically in your line of sight, but far away. Yonder actually comes from a Dutch word, gender, which doesn't make sense to me, which means over there. 
It was adapted into famous Southern literary works such as Mark Twain's A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court and has been used in the South ever since. And this next one, uh, I don't hear this one so much, but uh, I have heard it, and that's pretty as a peach. <laughs> and that's that's actually a great compliment um, in states known for their peaches like Georgia. Oh, okay. Is is it, it pretty as a peach is as good a compliment as you can get in the South. A mild ex, exclamation of a surprise used in the South is heavens to Betsy. Some traces. And who, and who is Betsy? I mean, uh, well, I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you. Betsy Ross? <laughs> I'm getting, yeah, here you go. Some oh. trace this exclamation back to the Revolutionary War and Betsy Ross. But okay. there's no evidence of where Heavens to Betsy really came from. That's just what people mm. uh, assume. Uh, if mm. someone is very mad, I've already kind of alluded to that in the opening, is they're madder than a wet hen. hen hens sometimes enter a phase of broodiness, meaning that they'll do anything to incubate their eggs and will get agitated when farmers try to collect them. So farmers thus dunk hens in cold water to break their broodiness and hens don't like that one bit. So I never knew actually where the term came from, but I didn't know that the farmers would dunk their hens in, in the water. Did you? I uh, know. Uh, were they washing their hens? You ever, oh, you <laughs> mean seen, hens. I, I thought you were talking about hens. <laughs> Have you ever uh, seen a farmer dunk his hen in the water? Uh, I don't get those channels, so I don't. Uh, okay. No, I have not. Didn't know that uh, was a you, thing, actually. You know, you know what cattywampus means, Dennis Lee. Uh, it's a little cocked to the left, actually. Um, <laughs> well, <so. laughs> yeah, it it means yeah, it's uh, it's cocked to one side or the other, or a little or disarray or just out of sorts. Right. Yeah. Um. Cattywampus actually comes from the 19th century and is a variation of the word catawampus, uh, which can mean destructive. So I guess, you know, that could be a bad thing. Uh, this one I don't think I've ever heard. Um, she's as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. <laughs> Have you heard that? Uh, no, I have not, Don Wayne. I didn't know... Uh... How would they know that it was happy if it was dead? But it's so. it's supposed to be a positive, actually, even though you're mentioning a dead pig. Despite the sad connotation, when a pig dies outside, the sun will dry out its skin, pulling its lips back to reveal a toothy grin, making it look happy. I don't have any way to say that I, I know that is true, but... This expression refers to someone who may be blissfully ignorant of something. So if you say someone's as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine, that's really supposed to be a compliment, Dennis Lee. Oh, oh okay. Um, I'm finer than a frog hair split four ways means you're good. This phrase is often used by Southerners to answer the question, how are you? So the next time somebody asks you how you are, Dennis Lee, you should say, I'm finer than a frog hair split four ways. 
Okay, well, um, we we all know that frogs don't have hair, but it means to ironically highlight just how dandy you feel. The phrase reportedly originated in C. Davis' diary of 1865. Uh, Southerners, you know this one. What do Southerners call crawfish? Crayfish. Oh, I thought you'd get that one on the first shot. Crawdads. Oh, crawdads. Crawdads. Crawdad is most commonly used in Louisiana, but is is also used across the South. Sometimes crawfish are called freshwater lobsters or mountain lobsters. Oh, I've, mountain never, lobster. I've never. I have heard mountain lobster. Have before. you really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever eaten crawfish? Crawdads. Yeah, I, li- I like the tail. I don't suck the head. I don't. I don't. Get no, that no, at no. All. I can't. Yeah. Well, there's actually a picture on, on the, the heading of this article, and it, a guy's got the uh, crawfish in his mouth uh, with the head, and the feet are moving around, and it's, you know, I don't do that either. Uh, but mountain lobsters, I, I, that's a stretch. Um, they use it in a lot of Cajun cooking, though. I've never, you know, as kids, we used to catch crawfish in the creeks around Dallas. And, uh, but I never even had the thought of eating any of those things. Um, when you have a hankering, when you're really in the mood for something, uh, you mostly hear this one in the deep South, like Georgia, Alabama, and it often refers to food. You know, I got a hankering for some grits or a hankering for a hamburger. I got a hankering for a, a Bud Light. You know, something uh, like hunk that. Hunk <laughs> Have you ever had a hankering, Dennis Lee? I think I had a hankering earlier this afternoon. Boy, it was an angry one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got three more here. What in the Sam Hill is another exclamatory, exclamatory, <clears throat> exclamatory. I just created a new word, exclamatory phrase. It's basically a Southern version of what the hell? Uh, apparently there was once a Sam Hill that used such vulgar language that his name became a euphemism for cuss words. Southerners love using euphemisms in place of real swearing. So I, I really kind of forgot about that. What the Sam Hill, but I think I'm going to start using that on, on Trice talk. What in the Sam Hill is Joe Biden up to now? Um, Coke. <laughs> Coke refers to all soda if you're in the South. You may hear soda in the Northeast or pop in the Midwest, but if you're in the South, all soda is referred to as Coke. Unless you're inside the city limits of Atlanta, then it could mean something else. But um, I think we, I don't ever remember referring to it as soda. As a kid, I think we always called yeah. everything a Coke. <clears throat> yeah, we called everything a Coke, no matter yeah. what it was. So, you um, get a Coke. Well, which one do you want? Yeah, um, yeah. What what flavor? A knee high grape. I miss knee highs. Um, last thing here. Well, I'll be expresses surprise. This expression of complete shock is typically a reaction to a recent revelation this can be said either well i'll be or well i'll be damned 
a lot of people throw the damned part in there at the end of it. So if you, uh, if you're not from the South and you come visit us in the South, you might want to brush up on some of those phrases and words because, uh, it'll kind of make you fit in. Y'all come back now. <laughs> um, well, the final story I got Donald Wayne is, um, from uh, a, a place called The Rap <clears throat> by Andy Ortiz. He wrote an article that said, Did uh, Jeopardy winner flash a white power symbol? 200 former contestants call on show to act. Um, regardless of his stated intent, the gesture is a racist dog whistle. Former contestants say in open letter, I don't know. Um more than 200 former Jeopardy contestants on Wednesday posted an open letter to the syndicated game show over a hand gesture used by returning champion Kelly Donahue on Tuesday's show that has been widely condemned as a uh, symbol of white supremacy. Um, what an idiot, if that's true. At the beginning of the show, two-time champ Kelly Donahue made an OK sign with his hand touching his forefinger to his thumb and holding it to his chest. In recent years, the same gesture has been co-opted by hate groups, particularly white supremacists, the article says. The Anti-Defamation League classified the gesture as an official symbol of hate in 2019. Um, the gesture sparked wide debate on social media as a former contest, as former contestants decried the gesture and called on show producers to address the issue. Regardless of his stated intent, the gesture is a racist dog whistle. Um, the letter states, some of the first people to notice this were not affiliated with Jeopardy in any way. There were viewers who couldn't believe what they'd seen, captured it on video, and shared it to Twitter. Among them were people of color who, needless to say, are attuned too racist messaging and not appreciative that the show allowed the symbol to be broadcast. Uh, the letter went on to note when similar situations have occurred in the past, the production team on the show has corrected things before the episode aired. And, and, and that's, you know, that's concerning that something like that had even happened before. Um, when you think of jeopardy, you know, fairly educated individuals coming on the show, <laughs> So one more, uh, one on uh, more than one occasion, contestants have made gestures during their introductions that were seen as undesirable for broadcast, and were asked by the production team uh, to reshoot the footage without the gesture. Uh, the letter said, "I guess the middle finger, you know, can be frowned upon." Um, a couple of years ago, a contestant unintentionally wagered a monetary amount that used numerical values co-opted uh, or uh, co-opted uh, by white um, supremacist groups. And since the total did not affect the outcome of the game, Jeopardy digitally altered the numbers and the versions that aired. This should have been done in this case, too. I guess they should have blotted out his hand and made it look like he had a little nub or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the, the signal. Um or the sign. So 
re representatives for Jeopardy were not immediately uh, available to respond to requests for comment. The contestants' open letter also called out Donahue for a misstep in Monday's episode, in which he responded to a clue with a term for the Roma people that is now considered a slur. Now the former contestants want direct action, asking Jeopardy to issue a statement and a disavowal of both this week's events, and we would like to see Jeopardy address Kelly's behavior. In a now-deleted post on his Facebook page, Donahue wrote, that's a three, no more, no less. Donahue, who will not be appearing in Wednesday's episode, has since made his social media account private, which some viewers took issue with Donahue's gesture. Others believe he was simply holding up the number three as a reference to Tuesday being his third time on the show, idiots. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. You're going to have to look in this guy's background and make your own. Um, so, do you, you know. see the, the gesture? I mean, it shows a picture. You can look at it on Facebook, but he's, he's got, you know, how else, how in the hell else do you make a number three with your hand without tucking your freaking thumb and your other finger back behind your hand? Otherwise, it looks like five. So, so how, how, how is that? Uh, I mean, I don't understand how the, how they came to that conclusion. I, I, is that something know, I, that's been used by people that uh it's a it's some kind of um a racist dog whistle they say so a three I, I i guess i mean it's a three <laughs> don't i don't, I don't know. know i'm gonna have to look are you gonna post that one? yeah i'm gonna post it while some be, uh, viewers took issue with donahue's gestures you know they the other people believed it was a three so uh, as one Jeopardy fan pointed out on Twitter, Donahue held up the number two on Monday and just one finger last Friday. And if he'd won again, he'd pulled up four fingers. So and that'd probably been reference to the devil's cabbage. So I don't know. <laughs> so uh, if you hold up two fingers, I mean, you could also say, well, that's, that's the peace symbol, you know, for, for my generation. So uh, I wonder if they want to make something out of that. That's some well, kind of... with the with the with the culture that we live in now, you have to walk on eggshells, and I mean, you can't even pick your nose the wrong way. You know, that's probably some kind of racist symbol. You know, I mean, and, is and there... look if that's truly what he was doing, then yeah, something. You know, what an idiot! But it sure looks to me like he was just holding up three fingers for the third time he won um maybe he should have held the thumb up and the other two fingers instead of the lower three i don't know i mean you're, look you're just happy you won the freaking game and you know, now you got to be worried about how you you know uh yeah i well that's kind of like you add that to the story earlier about, uh, you know, certain terminology and referring to uh, cannabis or referring to cannabis as marijuana as being a racist term. I mean, I just who are these people that we're allowing to determine what everything means in this world? It means whatever the people who came up with that decided it meant at the time, um, you know. 
come on. Come on, man. Just what yeah, come on, man. Just <laughs> walk. Just don't don't interact with anybody when you get out. Don't flash any symbols. I mean, don't don't talk yeah, to yeah. don't make eye contact because I, I heard yesterday that like, eye contact. I won, I won three times. <laughs> what? It's like, hey buddy, when you when you win that third time, make sure you flash up the old three. I saw today that that eye contact can be considered uh, racist connotation. Making eye contact. I'm like, what? Yeah. Everybody's just going to look down at the ground. I'll tell you what. Um, Look me in the eyes. I'll slap the shit out of them. (laughs) (laughs) What was that that for? Is that what we need to turn into? I mean... Really? Well, it's, it's not, you know, jeez. Um, we're making life way too complicated. Yeah, it's like it's not hard enough already. You know, you'll know if I don't like you or you'll know if I'm upset with you. Uh, you won't have to guess. Mm. Um, but that's Okay. Well, it's going to make me want to go out tomorrow. And if I go anywhere, I'm going to hold up three fingers when I go into a store and say, I got three things to pick up while I'm here. I'm just trying to remind myself. I got three things. And as I, as I get one, I'll take one finger down. Yeah. I'm going to keep this one up. I'll have to remember which finger to put down last. Uh, What a joke. Yep, I just, you know, we got the wrong people making the rules. That's all I can tell you. Or changing the rules. They're not making the rules, they're changing them. Right. Okie doke. Well, um, that's the last. I actually didn't have a second thing. So, or did I? Did you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I decided, I really thought that we would it would work out just right. So I didn't. So maybe that's a blessing. The blessing. The, All right. The blessing. The, yeah. The blessing. <laughs> Grace. She died nice. years ago. She died years ago. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't wait until it's time for me to watch that again. Yeah. All right. Dennis Lee, well, if oh, well, um, um, you want to yeah, do, do sure. your yeah. song and well, dance? Uh, that's right. Um, yeah, you know what? If you would like to tweet, please tweet us. Um, go to Twitter and go to Tristalk WG Moon, and uh, you can do that. Uh, email us with thoughts about the show, ideas about what you want us to talk about, um, or send us some pictures, but keep them clean. That one we got last night. Oh, my. Um, Tristalk. <laughs> email us at tristalk69pts at gmail.com. For I that. sent that one. <laughs> no, that's what I thought. Um, and look, the article, we post a lot of the articles on Facebook, um, and all the shows are posted on Facebook as well. Encourage you to follow us there uh, uh, on, at Tristalk on Facebook. And we're uh, on Spotify at Tristalk and Amazon Music at Tristalk. And we are on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone with um, 
mini pods the rest of the time. And I mean, Donald Wayne has been relentless with the mini pods and um, people are, are, are really, are really liking those. So Donald Wayne, just keep up the good work there. Thank you, sir. Um, Appreciate and, it. Um, and if you want to get weird and explicit and you just can't help but to say those couple of words that you wouldn't say around a Sunday dinner, come on into Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole and we'll let you get that out. But no sickos are allowed. We'll kick you right on out the door and never come back. Um, we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9.30 in the p.m. in the Eastern Time, somewhere there's about, um, and with impromptu shows as well. So, um, look, we, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for being here. And we couldn't do it without you. Yes, we do appreciate everybody spending time with us, uh, with us each evening, uh, when we're doing Trice Talk. Uh, I had to turn the page here. Um, I was trying to get this set up. I was trying to make sure my volume thing was going to work on me this time. <laughs> so I can tell what it's doing. I was looking at these different things that I could, you know, for the comment of the day. And I've never, this isn't the one for the closing, but did you know that booby trap backwards is party boob? I've never actually thought about that. Well, there's a sign right here. It says that booby trap backwards is party boob. Oh, well, okay. Write it down and you can see that it works out that way. Uh, well, uh, I, I wonder who, who the first person who thought about that was. I don't know. Well, they obviously had too much time on their hands. That's one <laughs> one thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> There's another one that says, when I hear somebody sigh, life is hard. I'm always tempted to ask compared to what? So. All right. There's a bunch of these. All right. Let me get down here to this. And. um so tomorrow we can get political the whole show, right? I reckon. We can talk about Biden all night if we want to. Oh, yeah. Well, you can get right into that little speech that he did uh, tomorrow evening all you want. There, was that a speech? Um, well, it was something. Somebody wrote it. Oh, okay. Um, so the closing thought for today is um, it's just uh, it's from Cool Funny Quotes. It says, Dear Life. When I said, can this day get any worse? It was a rhetorical question, not a challenge. Have you ever been there? And and you said, can this get any worse? And sure enough, it certainly can if you're uh, not careful. So I know I've done it. And that's enough of that. All right, Dennis Lee. <laughs> you turn out them dadgum lights and save on that power uh... bill. Flip we'll, the uh, switch now. This party's over. We'll uh, be back tomorrow night. Stay safe, everybody. See the way you're taking care of your mom. The way you're taking care of me. The way you light up any room, girl. You're what this world should be. Tomorrow, tonight, the rest of my life, I want to be the man you want me to be. So starting right now, girl, tell me everything you need. I just want to wake up every day here in this bed. Never leave, I love you left unsaid. 